0: That was
1: perfectly in time. Oh no, that
0: that clipped. I need it. <laughs> Are you gonna clap the whole time, Nico? <laughs> just clap every five seconds. Oh my god, that's terrible. I should turn it down.
2: <laughs> That'll be right. great. Maybe that's good B roll right there. See, that's good B roll. Right <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. This is just how the episode is going to start. Our first episode is just us talking about clapping for five minutes straight. Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Semaphore Cast. Yay! <gasps> Boo. Oh, yeah. oh I'm fuck,
1: very yeah. Scared. I'm a ghost.
0: My name is Sidhu. I play guitar and I sing in the band.
3: What's Who's up? My name is Emmett. Me. I play drums.
1: I'm Nico. I play the bass.
2: Um, My name is Euronymous and I play guitar.
0: <laughs> my name Jeff. It's, uh, J- it's Jay. <laughs> Jason Cole. That was
1: a joke. Jason Kohler.
0: In case you haven't <laughs> noticed our lineup change in the last, you know, it's been a while since we've played, but Euronymous is resurrected, back in the band. <laughs> we love it. we we're, we're we're we took some time to think about the structure of the band and we thought Let's get a little edgier. Mm, yeah. Let's start 2022 off a little edgier. Let's J. Euronymous 2.0 Kohler.
1: Yeah. I, I don't realize that Semaphore used to be a duo in the DC scene. It was uh, Sidhu and uh, Peril. Paroli- Wait, no, that's dead. Euronymous. Uh, I don't remember what Euronymous' uh, real name is.
0: Yeah, but we, we also have. And DC.
1: Had... <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Mayhem. Work. That's. The- was burning down churches in the DC. Much area. From your
1: deep
0: <laughs> I'm a DC boy. Me and uh Euronymous. <laughs> we we were both in the band The Rites of Spring. And <laughs> We were down at the National Mall. <laughs> and we, we us and Henry Rollins all went to Sidwell Friends and we uh which was where the Obama daughters went, mm-hmm. and that's how we invented post hardcore music.
1: Can you can okay. you get it? Okay. Before you to move on, can you get into the Dave Grohl beef a little bit?
0: Okay, so here's the thing: <laughs> Dave Grohl stole my bass player, and I don't appreciate that.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> <Sidhu> is also <laughs> in Sunny Day Real Estate now, and he's very mad that they're not including him in the reunion.
0: Guys, the big joke is that it's not even sunny in Seattle. Oh, uh, how are you gonna sell? How are you gonna sell real estate in Seattle that's sunny? Ah. Uh,
1: so Yo, uh, would you uh, say yeah, get, that they kind of botched that one? Uh,
3: <laughs> it's a good one. It's good. It's good.
0: It's
2: clever. <laughs> All right. All right. So All clever. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> so this podcast will probably morph into some random chimera of like review, music theory breakdown, and history. We're not really sure where it'll go, but we hope you guys are there with us for the journey. Um, For our first series of episodes, we each chose a couple of our favorite albums from last year, which is 2021, so we're immediately dating ourselves as a podcast, but that's okay. And we each chose our favorite albums from 2021, and we forced each other to listen to them and just kind of react and think about it. So the first album we're going to talk about is The Lurch by Yaucha. which is- Emmett's Choice. So, Emmett, do you want to talk a little bit about why you love this album, why you and the drummer are spiritually connected on this album?
3: <laughs> if, mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I mean, I yeah, I, I pretty much listened to this record because of Tyler. The drums are just so absolutely berserk the entire time. I I, th- yeah. I, I feel like it was almost like a jam you know there's clearly structures going on but he just nonstop rips all album long and it's so
0: sick it just grooves there's so much groove in the album and it's crazy that he doesn't use a double kick drum <laughs> he doesn't at is? all uh when I, I i watched the um audio tree of them play like beforehand and he's not using it at all and I don't know... I mean, I'm sure in mutilation rights they forced him to, but... Yeah, he had it, to. But, like, yeah, definitely with Thou, I think he's also a single-kick player.
1: Oh, he's the drummer of Thou? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, the Thou thing
3: came, and then I think the mutil- that's when mutilation rights and him split because he was like I got all these things going on and he lives in like Nashville or something so yeah, yeah. which makes
0: more sense for thou
3: and well and Yaucha too I mean yeah they were mutilation was shuffling him up for practice every once in a while and I don't know if they were active enough for for him to keep doing that for to keep making sense right right um which is how I got the opportunity to be in that band. But then I, you know, I got to see him play and now at the same festival. Mm. It was very was surreal.
0: That Migration Fest, if I'm
3: remembering. That's that? correct. Migration oh. 2018.
1: Legendary.
3: Yeah, it was like black metal summer camp. Mm-hmm. It was super cool. <laughs> I remember who's
0: the loudest was Pelican the loudest band there? Who was the loudest band?
3: Uh I think Hell.
1: Yeah. I saw Hell at a completely sold-out show in Vitus and That was a scary fucking set. That band is, like, on another level of, like, heavy-ass riffs. Yeah, it's frightening. Oh, my God.
3: But I will say that Thou was the only band who was able to create a mosh pit at the the entire festival. Which
1: is really funny, considering it's Thou, and they're just... Which...
3: They play. They played some some fast stuff. For, That's true. For yeah, them. you're
1: right. Yeah. Although I did see when I saw thou um at uh, uh what's the knitting factory, Um yeah. That was fucking sick. They also play. I remember there was like a there was basically moshing the whole time. But I remember there was a huge mosh pit when they played their shellac cover, Prayer to God, which is actually <laughs> how I got into shellac more. And now I'm like love Steve Albini more than anything else.
0: You know that they recorded. The lurch at Steve Albini's studio. Oh,
1: electrical audio.
0: Yeah, really, that makes
1: a lot of sense, especially how the drums feel because the drums feel very dry
0: and just like punchy. They feel like they're just like yeah, like I think Emmett nailed it. Like Mm. it just sounds like it's grooving. Like it sounds very live, and it sounds like they they're. And I, I'm sure if they, they recorded at Steve Albini's place, like yeah. they, I'm sure they probably did record a lot of it live, yeah. at least. In yeah.
1: a weird way, this album feels like a, a noise rock album, but just like really, really amped up. Because it has this like, kind of fluidity to it. Like, There's a lot of the stuff like – this is like more of a metal thing than like a specific like, noise rock thing. So I'm going to go on a tangent and come back. But it's like there's a lot of like the – where like the guitars will maybe be playing a slower um, riff, but then there's like the drums like adding in all like the more like uh, I hate I hate to say like interesting, but it's like the guitars holding it and bass holding it down, yeah. so the drums can kind of go off. Like that happens in a lot of, especially in like the <laughs> New York style black metal bands. You know, it's like the crowd. That's totally. the whole Gorgus, uh... which is.
2: That's like the whole structure of the of the record is like delineated by the drums mostly. And it's like a really right. old school thing to do, too, of having the guitar play this slow riff, but then like you know when they were just discovering the blast beat. You know, the They just made the discovery.
0: I wrote something very, very normy in my notes, which is that like his his ride patterns are Like, the only other time I've been as interested in ride patterns have been with, like, Travis Barker drum beats. (laughs) That's fair, dude. That's totally fair. so much, like... Yeah, there's just so much syncopation and, like, just unexpected stuff in, like... I feel like out of this, like, grindy, sludgy sort of stuff.
1: Also, it's kind of nice to hear, like, a grindy, sludgy album that doesn't have very much, like, reverb on it. Like, Mm -hmm. on the whole mix. Because it feels very immediate, like... And I mean that, I'm sure... Is I don't know what engineer they worked with that electrical audio, but I'm sure like there's a, you know, if you're going to electrical audio, you're probably, even if you're not going to work with Steve Albini, you're probably like familiar with that scene. And like those aesthetics right. enough that like, that's kind of what you're looking for, but it's just like, and I love like, you know, grind and shit. That's just like, you can't tell what's happening, but like this, it feels very, everything's like very immediate, like which is really cool and especially in like a super drum driven record like this is makes it really awesome sounding
0: my my only critique when it comes to that immediacy is that it seems like they're relying i I mean i don't know their exact setup at all um it just felt like that that they were using a lot of like hm2 inspired tones right which kind of has this sort of like when an hm2 hits it doesn't hit you all at once kind of like the note comes there and like it kind of like sucks you yeah. in afterwards yeah. as well, mm-hmm. and so they're it felt like they're trading off. It just felt like they they trade off a little bit of the punchiness that they mm-hmm. could have gotten mm-hmm. out of just like dial dialing it back a little bit right. and had more of like a hard rock mm-hmm. tone to the sound mm-hmm. as opposed to like right. just an HM2 driven. I wonder of thing. if and I don't I don't so know if they oh, use the HM2. I wonder
2: but, if that's because yeah. uh, a lot of the music seems to be like. Uh... I don't know, 80s and 90s influence. So, like, the tones Mm -hmm. then, especially distortion, was, like, you know, like, boosted distortion was really, like, Mm -hmm. transparent and, like, kind of muddy, which is, like, this album. So, like, I wonder, it would have a different vibe, you know, because, like, I wouldn't have, like, a tone like this, like they have on the record, but... You know, I, I feel like they're they do some they put like a modern kind of spin on it like with like some mm. of the rhythms and then like the time signatures. it's a little yeah. more intricate and tight than you know, maybe some of the the influence if you think of someone like the 80s and 90s like you know mm. black metal and just like
1: in a in a weird way anything. and not really like the actual sound of the album as in like the songs and stuff, but how it's produced and how the tones work kind of almost remind me of like a coalesce record.
0: Sure, because it's yeah. like
1: not a whole, like not a ton of high end coming through, and it kind of sounds a little bit muted, but in a really cool way, you know. It just like makes everything feel like it slabs of beef, you know what I mean? Um, to put it in a, in yes. a death metal Absolutely. terms, so it's like I don't uh. know. So it makes it just like way more like in your face, and I feel like it really it makes the attitude pretty cool. But like, yeah, and also just like piggybacking off of like the like hm2 stuff also it's like i feel like in certain ways like i kind of like that there are points where it doesn't really like hit you and maybe like it's not immediately apparent what the guitars right, are right. doing because like again it's a very like drum driven record as you said and personally honestly i'm i'm a kind of person with metal i kind of like it sounding indecipherable so that is also like a taste <laughs> thing well, like, you know, i, I like, think
0: no i think i think my main My main critique of that song, of that sound was specifically on the song Clock Cleaner, which I thought almost sounded, it it, it starts off with almost like a calculating infinity sort of like, and and that's like one of those songs where it's like, the calculating thing hits so strong because it doesn't do HN2 at all.
1: Ah, okay. And so,
0: so just to hear like that concept being portrayed, but like with this kind of flubbiness to the tone that's like heavy but like it doesn't the impact doesn't arrive all right. at once kind of felt like it it i it, it felt like that's not what that song needed at least and i think there is a couple moments in the album where it's like yeah i wish they had kind of varied that one specific thing up right okay but i actually love the tone of the guitar throughout the album mm. as well like i think i think it definitely works and it's like so mm-hmm. powerful and it's the uh crazy that there's only one guitarist in that
1: band the, uh, wow there's only that one guitarist crazy. wow
0: yeah that's yeah. fucked
1: up especially so three like, piece because i like i've i listen to some of, like the, the earlier Yacha stuff and like some of the like the guitars always just sound really huge they do these like really yeah. cool like big chord you know songs and i feel like this album is actually a lot different than what they've done in the past which is really cool but it's like yeah it like they feel like a band that would have, like, two guitarists, like, both running stair. You know what I mean? Some, like, stupid, insane shit. Like, so it's really cool that you get to do that with one guitar.
2: I really yeah. dug the, uh, old, like, sort of, I mean, old school, you know, now, like, 80s, 90s. Like, I feel like growing up, I wouldn't say that was old school, but now it totally, totally fucking is. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, that death metal, <laughs> black metal influence with just some of, like, things in you know, some like simple odd time signature stuff. It's just cool. It's like, it's refreshing. Mm. Um, Mm. there's, and like this whole album, like you feel like you're about to die. Like that really is like
0: impending
2: doom. Yeah. Like Mm. is, is thrust Mm. upon you. It's, it's fantastically thrust upon Mm. you too. Like it's just really, I'm about to die and I, I am, I love it. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I actually, I, I wrote down before knowing what Yautja meant. I wrote down that the bass tone in the intro sounds like the Predator. I specifically wrote that. Oh. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so sick. And and yeah, it sounds like you're being stalked by an intergalactic mm-hmm. being who's trying to fucking murder you. Yeah. Like like that. It just is so like. I, I, it reminds me. I, I I mean, you know, my my. Exposure to grindcore and like sludge has is pretty much only the last like since I've known all the guys in this band honestly and so you know this uh, like the band that this reminded me the most of in my very limited knowledge was like Pieron where it's also kind of like very chaotic I mean Pieron's like almost more chaotic because like they're just like okay someone pressed go and now we're just like like doing whatever we can
1: without the jazz.
0: Yeah, but like yeah.
1: still feeling has mm. still has that freewheeling, free flowing quality. But like, but like when the section's over, it's like over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas yeah. Piran will kind of like move. They're snake. They're sneaky. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, uh, Anika, did you ever? You might have heard it. the The Napalm Death record from, I think twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Um, not like it's is not uh, like an identical comparison, but. It, i forget the name of it. it it's like it's got someone like kill. like are you talking dead, about apex predator it's got someone with a dead pigeon apex
1: predator on the EGD. cover oh i it's something to not i didn't listen to that one actually the last napalm death record i listened to was apex predator
2: let's see we got for that. you know we got the internet we can uh we fact check on this podcast I, we just that's we, not
0: fair we want to say not allowed we want to take Geronimus, pull it up
2: we want to take a moment to really say oh we, well you well, we are doing that I with, I did with look generalism. at the
3: uh the recording and it is at <laughs> Steve Albini's studio but they didn't record with Steve Albini <laughs> right, himself, I figured, himself.
1: Not. I figured not
0: yeah but Steve, with, uh, Steve costs like five hundred dollars to be oh. in the room with you is mm-hmm. Scott oh, totally Evans. wrong?
1: right okay I was... I'm more said from like I feel like you know, well, I mean, there's definitely like aesthetic similarities to how this sounds and how, you know what I mean?
3: Oh, for sure. And I mean, it, it again, it sounds like you're listening to the band in the room, which right. is yeah, pretty amazing the way that it's captured like that. And I think that contributes heavily to the fact that there's not that super clear impact mm. because that, that yeah. level of isolation and that kind of high fidelity isn't really part of the equation that's a
0: good point yeah that's a really good point
3: you know you're you're hearing a lot of what you would hear as if they were just playing in a venue right right you know it just interest it's just cool to hear because when i was learning tyler's stuff for mutilation the album that uh their last album that he's on he recorded the drums at vitus
0: yeah (laughs) i saw i I was watching the video of uh, of that earlier today just because i was like Going down a Tyler rabbit hole. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh shit!" They just recorded like in the live room of Saint Vitus. That's <laughs> like crazy.
3: Yeah, and the drums sound absolutely incredible on that record, and so yeah. it sounded like they. Uh, yeah. Sorry, just
0: just for the for the listeners, what what exact album are you talking about, Emmett?
3: Oh God, it's to do with the fact checking and the knowing. Sorry, the knowing and the. In and case the people didn't
0: know, Emmett Emmett. Was the drummer of the band Mutilation Rights, which is a black metal band based out of Brooklyn, New York?
3: Uh, the album is called Chasm. Excuse, excuse me. Oh yeah, that album
1: chasm. sounds. I love how that album sounds.
3: Yeah, I mean Ryan, the bass player of Mutilation Rights, engineered and mixed it and stuff. So oh,
1: dope. Yeah, that album. Yeah, is it's, just, it, it sounds like a chasm.
3: Yeah, yeah, but the, but you know what? It dissimilar to. Uh, The lurch chasm, the drums are very focused and tight while maintaining the beefy space Mm -hmm. uh, of the room. And on the lurch, the drums are very roomy and they have like a slap delay on them, which is the biggest turnoff for me about the sound of the record. Because when you hear the drums, they're constantly flamming, especially the kick drum.
0: Can I tell you something? You and may. I, I mean, you were probably correct, and this is only because I've gone down a Tyler rabbit hole today. Yeah. In preparation for this. Yeah. Um. His mentality on drums is that he flams everything he plays. So I don't. So I'm sure there is slapback as well. But that that that's like. He said that within like the first two minutes of an interview I watched, and I was like, "Huh?" Just like flaming every single hit that he like hits is yeah. I, I don't. Huh. Yeah, I've yeah. never really
3: gotten to talk to him about his playing, so that is a very interesting philosophy. I feel like that has to do with a lot of why the parts that he plays have so much depth to the groove. Yeah. Because there's this constant like push and pull going on between his limbs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you could definitely hear that there is either a slapback delay put on the drums in order to give them an extra appearance of depth or that the way that the room mics are put together there, the room is so like deep that that is a uh, effect is like brought out. So by the, the miking.
1: what you're saying is this is the death metal equivalent of D'Angelo's voodoo. <laughs>
0: uh,
3: I, I didn't say that, but, that is not an impossible thing to say.
0: Hey, hey, everyone. Wait, wait. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Questlove's in the house. Sick. In the house.
3: You're, hey, not
1: Questlove, Questlove. you're not in the Questlove's house. Questlove's in the house. No, you're not
0: in the house. You're no. no way. Questlove's in the house. Questlove, uh, I'm your father. I found...
2: <laughs> hey, everyone. I, f- I found my fact check, and I was wrong. that It was the Napalm death record from 2020, Throws of Joy and the Jaws of Defeatism, which uh, is pretty great. Um and it has uh, I thought that
1: album came out like way longer ago. Well, I, I mean, thought ago so too. I think
2: is it a reissue? No, no. No,
1: it's new. It's just been a long two years. Obviously, it's it's cool. Actually,
2: like I think if you listen to it, you'll hear some similarities. I mean, I don't know if no. there's like direct influence, but for you know Nyasha and Napalm Death, but uh, you know the at least uh same same spirit. Uh obviously mm-hmm. Napalm Death is more has been around a lot longer and are like, you know, the the, the you know uh, often credited with starting Grindcore. The you know yeah, it's obviously right. a lot of a lot of bands, but uh you know, they they frequently are, are named that. But that that's a great one to check out. Um and is, you know, the can it is a little more old school but but similar mm. vibe. Um sick. But definitely For, yeah. yeah
3: I, I really liked
2: the yeah, that Yao album's kick ass. So
3: just one, just one more thing I'll say about it um, before we move on is that what you guys just to circle back to what you guys were talking about kind of in the beginning about how the riffs are more like the stabilizing force and the drums are more what drive everything and like mm-hmm. push and pull and everything. Uh, the the first thing I think about when I think about this album is lead drums. Mm, yeah. As if the drums mm, are like mm-hmm. the lead instrument, and they definitely feel that way all album long. Like the the strings are very much taking a backseat in terms of like who's doing. The they most. are the rhythm section. Yeah, more or less. Mm-hmm. And I like that the album doesn't have to be too overly layered or th- or thickened up mm-hmm. to be so huge. Um the only other thing that I wish that they had done is vary the vocals up a bit because all mm-hmm. three of them sing. Oh, and yeah, right. It, right. Exactly. That's, that's kind of my point. Oh, it's like right. yeah. all of them sing
0: and it sounds like one person mm. in the, in the live versions uh, in their audio tree there, there are definitely distinct, you know, Maybe, I, the, you know, the, the visual might give it away a little bit, but definitely That's when fair. you hear them in the live setting, right. it, it does sound a bit different. But no, I totally understand what you mean. Our, I did not realize there were three singers on this album. A question. So.
1: <laughs> Do we know if it's like there are three singers live, but like it's just they're comped oh. in it. Do you know what I mean? This is the only the whoever is the lead singer. I don't know what Yautja looks Uranus. like. A
3: there is there is no there is, an, an,
0: pull
1: it up.
3: there is no lead singer the oh, okay. three of them sing equally in in rotation which right. is kind I mean, of a, which is amazing that yes. they all are able to yeah, do that especially with some of the the gymnastic parts that Tyler right. is doing he does them while he's singing <laughs>
1: uh-huh
3: it's like all the respect to that right. but yeah i mean there is something to be said for three people sounding like they are of one vocal right. entity yeah. so mm-hmm. It's not like it's it's a vibe. It's definitely yeah, a vibe. Totally. But I, I feel like I want to hear their individuality come mm-hmm. out a bit more. That's all. Totally. So, you know, next next album, Yaucha, just someone someone be the mid-low vocals, and not everyone just be the low vocals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can hire Euronymous for that. My only request. Okay. More Youcha.
1: inhales.
0: <laughs> I have, have one... I have one last final thing to say. Yes. The album cover of, of this album <sighs> has the exact same color scheme as the uh the last Bent e album from twenty nineteen, which I just dropped in chat, which is the album You Know What They Mean oh, by yeah, Bent Oh it's damn. It's the exact same. It's oh, <laughs> exact cool. same color scheme. Maybe it's kind of hilarious. Maybe uh Bent
3: e got an early preview of the Yaucha album and was just like we're going to get ahead of the curve.
1: See what okay, Benny <laughs> nah. got the got the picture of the Yacha album and then took like a smear tool and just went like <laughs> <Yeah>, cuz <exactly. laughs>
3: Ben Levin would do that
0: shit. They're like we don't we, we don't want you to actually see like a xenomorph at all. Like we're just going to fucking mask oh, is it. Oh, is that what that is on the Yacha album cover? I I have no idea, but I, you know, I, well, that's I what
3: have. A Yau- but, like, that's what Yautja is. It's like a. No, Yautja Yautja predator. Is,
0: is a. is Yaut- a predator. predator. Xenomorphs are from. Alien. Oh, the aliens. And then me. there's the crossover movie Spooky. Alien vs.
1: Predator. Blah, 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 there's blah, blah, two blah.
0: crossover movies. I know. There's, there's Alien vs. Predator 2.
1: And I mean, there are comic books and everything, there's a whole thing.
0: If you type in Rule Thirty Four Alien vs Predator, you'll get all sorts of stuff. Oh,
1: there are thirty-four movies. Oh, I need to check these out. There's one. <laughs> there's one
0: rule per movie. There's thirty movies. There's thirty movies on 4chan. Yes. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Jay's cat's name is almost Yaucha. Okay, bye.